So we start with prying the death grip off the I must do 7,000 things. No, really, let's let's choose the three that actually work and do those 7,000 times. Oh, you can do that? Yes, yes, we can. Welcome to the Business Ownership Podcast, brought to you by Awareness Strategies, helping you navigate the waters between entrepreneurship and ownership. Hey there, peeps. This is Michelle Nedelec, and I am super glad that you're here with us today because I'm here with my most amazing guest, Liz. Liz, thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you so much for having me. It is a delight. Excellent. I have been looking forward to this for a while. So give everybody kind of the quick overview or a highlight of who you are and a quick introduction to your business. Excellent. Well, I am a business strategist and a mastermind evangelist. The um, I think masterminds, which are small groups that work together to achieve more in business, are the absolute key to having fun in your business, achieving more, and just frankly giggling while you do it. It's great. I love it. So how did you get into business strategy as a thing? Well, well, um, my, my actual background is in film, which uh, uh, ostensibly is not a direct link, but I worked in massive uh, big Hollywood films doing visual effects, uh, which is the point where huge budgets and stressed people meet and <laughs> where most things go wrong pretty much all the time. So I, ban- I ran big lighting teams and eventually sort of moved up to running huge teams. And from that, I got used to the fact that, frankly, just stuff goes wrong all the time. And as you get used to like being very agile and making sure that everything is going to work, you're like, okay, so the set burst into flames. Not what I was expecting, but that's okay. Here's what we're going to do. It actually turned out to be superb training for working with entrepreneurs where stuff rarely bursts (laughs) into flames. Um, But also when I first started working in business strategy, I found myself thinking, well, you didn't expect it to just go well right from the start, did you? It turns out, yeah, a lot of people do. Whereas making new plans, sorting things out and really working in teams, because that's the big thing that film teaches you, that we work better together. We achieve more together. When you get people who are excellent at what they do, they just need a plan to achieve it. So um, film lighting led directly to business strategy. I know it seems weird, but it's true. (laughs) That's awesome. And so when you're working with people now, who would you say is your favorite people to work with or who comes to you most often? (coughs) My apologies. Um, So the people that I know I can help are service providers, they're consultants, they're designers, they're copywriters, lots and lots of coaches, people who have small businesses and really enjoy the fact that they're small and can give a fantastic service to their clients. And they, frankly, they like to help people, but they also, (laughs) you know, they like making money. Let's face it. (laughs) It's a nice thing to do. Entrepreneurs who like making money? I know. Well, um, some coaches seem slightly averse to it. Mm-hmm. Would you want me to charge? No. <laughs> There's that. <laughs> well, which is really handy, though, sometimes when you start getting used to business in general, you start to realize, hey, there are people out there that want to learn how to do this, that are willing to <laughs> take you on as their guinea pig for super cheap. So if, you, if you're at that point where you want those people, it works really well. <laughs> Especially oh, exactly. when you get rude or mouth, because some of them are really good at what they do. They just really don't like to charge for it, uh, which oh, is kind exactly. of manipulating. My, my very first business coach, 
well, she was very helpful to me as I was starting, but I have to say she wasn't a great coach. I ended up coaching her in the end. Years. I'm like, look, look, love, this is what you're doing wrong. This is actually, that's the point. I'm like, why am I paying for this? Like I said, this is ridiculous. So yes, we um we can advance past uh coaches to say the least. <laughs> Fair enough. So talk to me about the the pillars of the concepts that you work with that you work with your clients on. Well, I believe that particularly entrepreneurs, we have this terrible habit of just making things really complicated all the time and trying to be everywhere and do everything beyond all of the social media and speak and write a book and do everything. All of the, I, I need to have a course. I need to have a mastermind. And why am I not doing more one to one coaching? And shouldn't I be selling from the start? And I, well, no, frankly. So what I believe most of all is that when you have the right strategy, the through line for your business is beautifully clear. And more importantly, each step that you take stacks one on top of the other. So if you're doing a podcast interview, obviously you are um, speaking to people who are listening to it. So you're growing your, your list that way and hopefully your, your awareness. You're also refining the story of your business and how you talk about it, and how it fits together. You're also obviously with a delightful host such as yourself, you're building colleague kindness and awareness and from there so from one act of simply showing up and spending an hour in delightful conversation you're doing at least three things for your business if you then add it into other things and the podcast from your point of view is doing all sorts of things you're showing people how fantastic you are at creating and making this sort of work you're showing that you know lots of exciting people so and of course, you're showing the technical side of it and how you can build a funnel and how it can all fit together. And all we've actually done is sit and talk to each other. So instead of trying to do a million things all at the same time, each action does as much work as possible. So when people have finished working with me, what, what I hear all the time is, hang on, this sounds really simple. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> like, I know, it's good, isn't it? So it's excellent. I love that. And I think it's hilarious because... Uh, so often working with people that have got to the point where they've got good messaging, they've got, they've honed in on something that people have really attracted to. And it's just a matter of kind of streamlining that message and, and getting it into their signature program, getting that out to the audience. So we do that. And they're like, well, what about these other 200 things? And it's like, well, kind of don't need them right now. <laughs> don't exactly. get this one Put them up down. and running. Just don't start anything else. <laughs> like, you know, I know exactly. it's you've just freed up six hours a day. So part of the plan became, okay, we're going to get you working four days a week. What are you going to do on the fifth day? <laughs> so that oh, nice. it was so that it was full of something. It was either you go play golf or you go to the spa or you go like you have to fill it somehow in because you're going to be doing something. <laughs> You're either going to be asleep or you're going to be awake. And if you're awake, you're going to be doing something conscious. So what are we going to do in that time? Because it was hilarious because people will read, you know, the four hour work week and then it turns into an 80 hour work week. And you're like, oh, how did you so do true. that? <laughs> <laughs> Why? Yeah. Yes. And, you, and you're right. People have a kind of death grip on, but I must be on all social media. No, like, like apart from anything, is your audience? I don't know. Have you asked them where they're spending their time? Oh, you can do that. Yes, 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 you can. <laughs> Call the phone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everybody Please. forgets what those things are right now. I mean, we all have this little black thing, but none of us actually phone people on it. <laughs> I think that's that's. I think that's the least used service on mine. <laughs> exactly. That is awesome. 
So give us an example of one of your Cinderella stories of somebody that you've worked with. Ooh, well, I have a fabulous client who is a copywriter and has um, a little agency. So if you come to her, she will help you, a high level client, she will help write all of your positioning and and deal with that stuff. But she also has um, an array of copywriters that work for her that will um, produce blogs um, ongoing from there to there. So when I first started working with her, she wasn't making 100k a year and that and that's true for a lot of a lot of my people they're kind of making it but not consistently so the first year in mastermind working together we got her to 100k the second year we got her to 100k but only working 3 days a week at nice. most and the year after that the third year she hit her first quarter of a million year and she is now heading towards seven figures and hitting all of those wait this seems too easy kind of stuff obviously you know your results may vary but (laughs) but i also find that the intention is is massive in this because a lot of people say they want to hit a million dollars but they they look at whatever they're making right now and they go oh okay so i have to do four times as much work to get there and they don't take that time to step back and go okay how do I make what I'm making right now easier yes (laughs) how do do I take where I'm at and learn how to delegate learn how to because I think the biggest thing that people miss is that it's this trajectory that keeps moving forward and they're not taking the time to go how do I write an SOP for one person (laughs) how do I delegate to one person how do I you know and it's it's kind of putting the training wheels on what I call business ownership. So all entrepreneurs to me are the ones that start the business. They have the the vision, but once you start to get to a certain kind of crazy and you want to have employees and you know, all these other crazy aspects of business, then you get into that business ownership idea that you own the business, but you're not in the business. Yes. And in order to be able to do that, I mean, there's a lot of things that you have to be able to wrap your head around. And a lot of it is easier to wrap your head around when you get to make a choice about it. Otherwise, as soon as something falls, you go right back to kind of that safety zone in your brain. And that's when people start sabotaging their businesses and, and they have this kind of bumper crop years, crappy years, bump crop years. <laughs> and that's tough. I mean, that's when your when your income does that, and my income did that in film. Some years I'd earn, you know, a massive amount of money. And some years, 17 grand. And I'm like, no. And they'd be right after each other. Because it would depend if the screenwriters were on strike or what the actors were doing. And you can only work on the films that are available. So that feast and famine, oh, I, I will do pretty much anything with a client to make sure that they have a beautiful, strong structure and that regular cash is coming in. Because when that's removed, so as you say, like all sorts of proper grown up choices can be made that aren't based on, can I pay the utility bills this week? Right. Very stressful. Well, and I find that a lot of it had to do with not only the time management aspects of their day, but their understanding that certain activities are just a complete and total waste of their time. Like you may thoroughly enjoy organizing your desk, but there's (laughs) zero revenue coming from that. And somebody super good at that can do it for $15 an hour. Somebody, you know, really, really, really good could be like 50 or $75 an hour, but it's still substantially less than you could make going out and doing a $10,000 sale. Oh, completely. And also there are people that love the stuff you you hate. I mean, I, I, I pay a bookkeeper and she loves 
spreadsheets. It's her thing to take piles of confused income and make it into beautiful color. And I'm, I can do that, but I don't do it well. And she just like she does it quickly. She does it beautifully, and she does it for a remarkably small amount of money. Right. So in your opinion, when somebody is kind of working up to these things, what kind of things are they actually working on? Is it mindset? Is it delegation? What's what's going on? <coughs> and go through the well, if there's <laughs> the interesting thing is that they think there's a secret system somewhere. <laughs> there's a magic thing that we as business coaches have. Either there's a big bucket of leads that we are holding back from them somewhere. They kind of you you've got all the information. Or they believe that they have to totally revamp their structures. Now, up to about, well, the, the, the sort of, as you know, there are three or four points where your business inflects. So there's up to 100K, up to about a quarter million, and then up to seven figures. And to get to a quarter of a million, there's nothing really different in your business between that and the lower end. It's just regular clients. So first of all, we start with, are you getting leads in regularly? Um, the mindset stuff is absolutely well, it's key, really, if you don't believe you can do it. And more importantly, if you don't do the consistent work. So we start with prying the death grip of the I must do 7000 things. No, really, let's let's choose the three that actually work and do those 7000 times. Oh, you can do that. Yes. Yes, we can. Um, and because we work in masterminds, which are small groups, very intimate groups that meet regularly week after week after week, there is a bunch of people in lockstep. So on the days where, I mean, business can just be hard sometimes. So on those days, they can look across the group and go, oh yeah, no, they did it and that was fine. And you can turn up and have people celebrate those tiny little triumphs that your, let's face it, your family is sick to death of your business. They don't want to hear about that. Your best mate doesn't want to hear about that. But your mastermind, your coach, they really want to hear about it and can celebrate it. So we keep people moving. And there's that continual example of, yeah, it might be tedious, but if you just do this thing again, it's going to work. And the other thing I concentrate on is, is I get people to do as many sales calls as possible and do all the work to get sales calls. I know, because um, time and again, when I ask people why they're not earning as much, the, the one thing is, oh, yeah. yeah. How many sales calls did you do this week? Oh, Oh yeah. Not good. Not good. <laughs> well, and, and I'm, I'm laughing and giggling going, Oh my God, I got to write that down. Right. <laughs> Sales calls. Well, and, and I think that the celebrating thing too becomes really important because oh, yeah, it completely. just feels like groundhog day all the time. And especially when you start to have a team that they do something really well. And when you're just like, Oh, next that they start to feel like it's groundhog day and that is not exactly. a good that's not good for them either because you want to celebrate their successes and and at least show them that they're moving forward even if they're not the kind of person that seems to externally love celebrations like there's those that are like they got a party hat on <laughs> I'm excited about it and so other ones it's like today at the job it's all good but I think the ones that are just today job those are the ones that need the extra. Hey, that was awesome. Fantastic. I really appreciate that. And uh, because those are the, probably the workhorses <laughs> that are driving oh, completely, your business. At completely. That point. And also you can get to a point where you're doing that for your team, but no one's doing it for you. You. Exactly. And it, it just, it's nice to have a, you know, that was hard. We saw that was hard and, and yeah. well done on doing it. 
nice. Yeah, it means a lot. It does. It really does. Love it. So what do you think are some of the stumbling blocks that people are having right now as they're listening to this and going, oh my God, Liz, I need you so badly. (laughs) (laughs) Well, first of all, um, you know, at the moment I hear from some clients, all my friends are saying it's a really slow market. I, you know, I can't sell right now. It's difficult for everyone. Well, also stop listening to those people, right? Just right. stop it. Like, sure, it, it, it could be a slow market, but really successful businesses um, have grown out of the hardest of times. Some of the, some of the biggest pan-global companies grew from tiny companies in the 1930s. Like if you can do it then, this, sure, it's not great. So what I think the important thing is, is that clients need more time to choose to work with you, which means they need to hear your voice. They need to see you on whichever your single channel of social media is. <laughs> just, just the one. Um, and they they need to get a feel for you. So whether it's a podcast or a YouTube channel or reels on Instagram, they need to get a feel for that. And you need to give people lots of touch points for that. I run a a regular Q&A and I found, I mean, it's not often, it's like every two months, it really isn't often. But I found that by inviting people regularly to that, that's that's not a very high bar. If you've been following me for a while and you've, you've heard my stuff, like coming along and asking a question is a pretty low stakes thing. Um, and what I found is that when people come three times, the third time they buy something. That was never my intention, but rather lovely that it's happened. So if you've got something, if it's a the effect of whatever the coffee morning is for your people or a burger flip or you know whatever the thing is, give people a chance to get a chunk of your delightfulness ahead of time, which, I mean, a podcast does super well. Nice. I love that. Well, and I think that there's, especially before the 100,000, there are so many kind of misdirected moves that it becomes super easy for somebody like you to be able to look at them and go, oh, take all that stuff that you're doing over here, move five degrees and drop it all over here. And you will, you know, and all of a sudden the phone calls are flooding in. They're like, awesome. Like I've seen people do the exact same webinar in front of the wrong audience, rocked it, did awesome, got zero sales, cried. <laughs> like, I can't believe how much freaking work I put into that. And that sucked. And it's like, it didn't suck. It was fantastic. I heard it. It was great. You have the wrong audience. Yes. None of those people were the right people for that talk. They didn't, they didn't have the vocabulary. They didn't have the wherewithal to be able to put it into practice. Like it's just the wrong audience. Move them five degrees, put the exact same webinar in front of the right people. And the next time they did it, they went from like 50 people at the first one to like 300 at the second one. Exactly. Yes, you're right. right. Wrong audience, but also right audience, but wrong messaging, the, the wrong position on it. Exactly. And, and positioning as in the deep, this is what I do and this is how I can help you level of positioning. That stuff, when that's right, as you say, it's like a key in a lock. Everything changes. So go over that again, because I think that is hugely important is what is that messaging and how do you know if you're kind of hitting your target? So if we think of your avatar's pain, the problem they have, and and before we buy anything, we have a problem. We might not think of it like that, whether or not it's, I need, you know, I'm going to a wedding and I need new shoes or whether it's, I don't know how to grow my business, whatever it is, everyone has a problem that will cause them to buy. So that's their pain. 
Your position is your secret source, the amazing thing that you are good at that helps their pain. And then the messaging is how you talk about it. So the messaging changes as your avatar changes. If you're speaking to someone who wants to grow their business, obviously it's different from if you want, if you're speaking to someone who wants to grow their business by selling shoes, right? It's going to be slightly different. And that messaging is what comes through in your website, on, on your calls, when you're out there talking to people. Because when it's right, when that messaging speaks to your client's pain, it feels like you're inside their head. And they're like, you, you've immediately like, how did you know I felt like that? And it's when that is all aligned. And I think lots of people know their position and they think they know that avatar's pain. So either they're not clear on that or they are not using the right words because when we use the words that our avatar uses to describe it. So um, if you imagine, I used to work with a lot of health coaches and they would say things like, I'm selling vitality. I'm selling um, a feeling of youth. And I'm like, well, nobody is lying awake at 3 a.m. in tears thinking what I really need right now is vitality. What people worry about, their secret, deep, dark fears are, I have to go to that wedding and I feel fat, or I, I am so tired, I cannot drag myself through the day. And when you speak to both of those things, you're going to use different language because they're different issues. And it's that, that's what puts the key in the lock. Because when you're that clear, people will think, oh yeah, no, I do feel that. I am incredibly tired. I can't get past 4 p.m. without wanting to lie on the floor and weep. That I can help you with. But vitality, no, no. <laughs> Love it. So I, I know our peeps are going, oh my God, but I don't get it. Well, if you don't get it, you got to go and talk to Liz because trust me, when you have all of that, those what seemingly little tweaks make a massive difference because now all of a sudden you're going from roar, 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 roar to actually speaking to your clients. So Liz, I know they're going to want more from you. How do they start their journey with you? Well, probably the best place to start is on Instagram. Very, very, very low stress. Follow me there. I am uh, Rethink Central. And if you find me there, you'll see all the stuff I'm talking about and you'll know how to get in touch with me. Lovely. And of course, we will have her links in the show notes for you, Pete. So go in there and check it out. Awesome. Liz, at what point in your entrepreneurial or at what point in life did you know that you were special kind of crazy enough to think that you could become an entrepreneur? Um, well, my shameful I started as an entrepreneur story is um, when I was... <laughs> 16, 17, I started making earrings, pretty unpleasant earrings. Although my first degree is in silversmithing and jewellery, weirdly. Obviously, my career has not been the straightest of line. So I used to make <laughs> gaudy earrings. And the place I sold them, the, the place that I discovered has an insatiable desire to buy them, was the bathroom at the rock nightclub I used to go to. As long as I sold them between 10.30 and about 11.30, I could just shift content like you would not believe. After that, people were a bit too drunk, but people would rush in and go, I've lost an earring. And I'm like, hello, can I help you? <laughs> and I went, and for my teenage drinking, it covered my costs there, covered my materials, taxi to and from. It was fabulous. Yeah. But yes, so I started I started at the toilets at a rock club. Sounds so bad. <laughs> That's awesome. I think that is definitely one of the 
what I'm going to call the best stories ever. Well, thank you. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm the most unique. <laughs> eventually, I stopped doing that. The, the rock club is called Stairways. Is that people started rushing up to me and going, "You're the girl from the toilets at Stairways." <laughs> <laughs> like, I need to stop doing this. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. Uh so Liz, you've been absolutely awesome. Any last words for our peeps? Um, it's just delightful to be here. Though I have to say, I'm fascinated. What's your entrepreneurial story? My entrepreneurial story was I uh <laughs> I moved to Inuvik in the Northwest Territories in the middle of nowhere in the Arctic Circle. And decided to start not one, but three businesses. <laughs> so I started an <laughs> electronics store, a bed and breakfast, and a tanning salon, each of which has hours of stories. <laughs> Good grief, all at the same time. All at the same time. Go bigger, uh, say you're home. an addict, my friend. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> Apparently it was a calling and it was like, I got to figure this out now. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. Excellent. And Liz, you've been awesome. Any last words for our peeps? Um, uh, no, now you've satisfied my curiosity about that. Um, no, everything is great. It's been lovely spending time with people. I very much hope that you um, come and prod me on Instagram. And um, thank you for having me. Awesome. Thank you for your time. I appreciate it. And I know how valuable it is. Peeps, this is Michelle Nedelec. Thank you for being here with us today. Be sure to subscribe to the show, share it with your friends. We love helping entrepreneurs grow. Are you running a business over seven figures but still struggling with technology headaches? Pay attention. You do not want to miss this offer. This podcast episode is brought to you by Awareness Strategies, who is offering a custom-built digital adoption roadmap for anyone running a business over seven figures who's wanting to grow their business in the next five years. And it's not just a roadmap. They offer full implementation as well. If that scares the out of you, check out awarenessstrategies.com forward slash roadmap for more details today. The link's in the show's notes. Don't regret not doing this. Do it now. That's awarenessstrategies.com slash roadmap.